0: It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Judy Sharp, who's filling in for Scott Sharp today. And it's a bit tough on Scott with you today. He's brought you in a little bit, not 100%.
1: That is exactly right, Greg. And I do do apologise if my voice fades somewhere along the line. But his words were, don't worry, because Greg will get you there.
0: Well, I don't know if he's got 100% confidence in me at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) What have you got planned for us today, Judy?
1: I think we should be talking about camellias, the Sanqua camellias, Japonica camellias, and I'm really, really surprised, Greg, because the army grub is back. Back? Back. It probably hasn't even left because the weather's been so hot and dry.
0: It never seems to go away, the army grub. Uh, it
1: should when the weather cools down.
0: Okay, fingers crossed.
1: That's not happening, is it? No,
0: not yet. No, not yet at definitely all. Definitely not. And we've got Larry from Lambton, and he's got a question about pineapples.
1: Hello,
2: Larry. How are you? Very good, Judy. How are you? I'm fighting fit. Uh, uh, What the question is, like, I've been growing them for a while, uh, successfully, like, I I just picked a couple of nice big ones the other day. But um, I've been just pulling, after I've picked one off, I've been pulling them out. Do you get any more on if you leave that particular plant in the ground?
1: No, what I find, Larry, is that you know your top of your pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. Do you put that back in the ground?
2: Yeah, but the the the, the, the one that I've put in the ground that I've got a pineapple off. would I get any more pine uh, pineapples
1: on them? No, they aren't. No. no, they're part of the bromeliad family. Right. And you know, when a bromeliad flowers, that, yeah, that's right. That, that stem dies, doesn't it? And, yeah. And then it makes new pups. And that's how the pineapple will grow as well.
2: Right. So as only I just get the one, and then I just discard that particular plant.
1: Well, you never know your luck in the big city, do you? So I mean, right. you may as well try.
2: Just leave, just leave it, leave it, leave yeah. them in, and just see what happens. Yep, I'd be inclined to do that definitely. All right, I pulled a couple out, but I just before I do anything golf. I thought I'd give you a ring and just see. I'll leave leave a few in and just uh, see what happens. How they go. Yeah, get some nice ones on. Very sweet.
1: No, well, it's a good way to go, isn't it? I'd leave them on and see what happens.
2: Yeah, OK, G. Thank you. Thanks very much for that. Thank (laughs) you.
0: Cheers. Thanks for that, Larry. We've got Pam now from Thornton, and she's got a question about the hibiscus. Hello,
2: Pam.
3: What's Hello, the Judy? problem? Um, my problem is I have several hibiscus and they're all flowering beautifully, except one, It's got it's covered in buds, but they only probably get to a couple of inches long. They start to unfurl and then they die off.
1: Pam, can you see any little black beetles in there?
3: No, it, it's looking very healthy. The leaves are glossy and shiny. I can't see anything. Wrong with it. Yeah. They just are dying.
1: Because hibiscus are very prone to a little beetle. Right. Uh that can only be um eliminated by using confidor. Okay. But the other thing may be use the old sulfate of potash to try and, you know, give the flower a boost. All right. Yeah, so just stick that into the soil. Yeah, you water it in. Water it in. Yeah, but, you know, I always think hibiscus love cow manure. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. So if you've got a cow out the back, <laughs> <laughs> you Unfortunately, use a bit of no, but uh,
3: no. Okay, cow manure or potash.
1: Yeah. Well, you can All do right.
3: both. You can do both. Okay, I'll give that a go. But have it, double it's check. Been a, it's been a beautiful plant. The flowers are huge but yeah. this year it's
1: not happening. No, and they normally do open for you?
3: Yes. Right. Yes, they're beautiful.
1: No, well, look, you have a good look. I think you might have that hibiscus beetle.
3: Okay, so Comfidor is the... Comfidor the is the only go.
1: one designated for it.
3: All right, then. Thank you, okay. Pam. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: It's Gardening Talk back on 2 fam. If you've got any questions for Judy Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216, and we'll go to Raymond Terrace, and we've got Beverly, and she's got a question about the navel orange tree. Good
1: afternoon, Beverly.
3: Hello. Are um, you there? Yes, yeah. Oh, I've got the most beautiful navel orange tree in my yard, and um, last year it wasn't very successful. The oranges uh, kept falling off, but this time uh, it's laden with oranges, but, of uh, course, the wind's... Uh, knocking them off, but they're
1: all uh, mouldy and got a uh, sort of a crack in them. Right. Okay. When you say mould, does it look like
3: mould? Oh well, <laughs> yeah, it does look like mould. It could oh. be.
1: It could be something called melanose, but you generally see that all over the skin of the orange. Now, Mm. you, uh, Raymond Terrace, you probably don't have a nursery there now, do you? No, not that I know of. Uh, The other way you could go is send us in a a photo.
0: Yes, uh, I think it's guarding at 2 com. You can send an email to us.
1: Would you like to do that, Beverly? Because if I have a look at it or Scott has a look at it, we'll have an answer for you straight away.
3: What a look at the orange or the tree? No,
1: the orange that's got oh, the mould okay. yeah. And
0: we've got Ken from Cessnock, and he's got a question about the Norfolk Black Passion Vine.
4: Hi, Ken, what can I help you with? Hi, Judy. Uh, Judy, I was just wondering if you could help me out, mate. <clears throat> Our passion vine's about two years old. It's got abundance of flowers on it, but we can't get any fruit on it. They keep falling off.
1: Yeah, you know, Norfolk or well, any passion fruit loves a settled spring, and honestly, for the last what two, three years, we haven't had a settled spring. Uh, You know, we had those awful westerly winds that kept going right through winter and through spring as well, and even now we've got winds again, and the the flower drops off very easy off the passions.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, know, some of the pods, you know, the, the pods before they open up, they're even falling off.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, Ken, what about water? You know, I mean, they're probably desperate for some water at the moment. I'm sure I am as well.
4: Yeah, well, at one stage we thought we might have been watering it too much. No. But my, my wife looks after it, and she's got one of those meters you put in the ground to tell you whether it's, you know, dry or moist or, oh, that's or wet. Technical. And, uh, yeah <laughs> oh, very technical um
1: oh, every little bit helps yeah but look at the moment i don't think you could over water to be honest you know we've had just such a small amount of rain
4: yeah our... oh, no we're definitely not overwatering no. it we're just keeping it um you know damp
1: yeah we'll probably give it a little bit more wouldn't hurt but the other thing is to hold the flower on you need sulfate of potash
4: Oh, I know my wife's been putting potash on. Is oh, the sulphate of the sulphate of potash different to just no, ordinary potash?
1: No, it's the same, dear. It's it the is same. the same. Yeah. Well, if she's been doing that, uh, let's put it down to the wind. In that case. Uh, okay, we can't do much about it, unfortunately.
4: Okay, well, we'll just have to see what happens.
1: Well, what's going to happen? Probably you're going to get fruit set once the weather settles down, but it might not ripen in time before winter. But keep your fingers crossed.
4: Oh, well, we can only hope, can't we? Yep, sure can. Okay, so not much ice cream and passion's going on just at the minute.
1: Well, you know, that can be good for the body, (laughs) can't it?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Okay,
1: Judy. Thank you, Ken. Thanks very much. Bye.
0: Bye. And we've got Bob from Swansea, and he's got a question about the pennyweed.
1: Hi Bob, you probably want to know how to um, dispose of it I would imagine Well it's actually my
5: neighbour's got a backyard full of it So oh. um, yeah, I'm just ringing on her I suggest that she uses Roundup But uh, is there any other?
1: No, no there isn't dear, no uh, You know some people spray kerosene, different things on But um, the, is it in, in her lawn? Oh yeah, it's taken over Oh, well, see, the problem is the, the Z- Roundup Zero, all those products, they're going to kill the lawn. Yes. Mm. So it's not uh, not good info I'm giving you there. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> so, uh,
5: well, I mean, to, to dig it up would be a tremendous job. It nearly needed. Yeah, it's a, it's really just taken over the backyard, where she spent a lot of money earlier on doing, uh, like, for, for gardening and everything like that. And, <laughs> with the um, landscapes and that but this thing's this stuff's right into her yard so um what's what's your suggestion if any
1: well look i always think that you pick a patch and you get the zero on a paintbrush okay and just paint it on whereas spraying of course will get the rest of the lawn around
5: mate this size patch you're talking square meters
1: yeah no but what I th- I'd, I'd be inclined to do is pick a patch yep and work on that patch until yep. you get rid of it there and then move on to another patch
5: okay then uh, because so you suggest instead so sort of you just paint it on as a hundred um, percent sort of thing over
1: it's an expensive way to do it but it does get rid of it yep all well, yeah. right, mate, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I'm sorry I can't just say, look, go yeah, out I, and I, spray I know, today. I mean, you know, it come in my yard because
5: Swansea, ever since I grew up in Swansea, has always been in Swansea.
1: Yeah. And
5: um, and but...
1: Merriweather's the same, of course. Yeah. And, and
5: um... Um, yeah, I just sort of just dig when I see patches up with a pitchfork, but I mean, shit, it, this stuff has basically taken over the whole backyard.
1: Oh, that's a pity, isn't it? I wonder if it's come in the soil. Um,
5: well,. We, we've uh, got opinions, but I like, wouldn't would like to
1: say it on air, that's all. Oh, right, okay. Well, we best <laughs> not then. <laughs>
5: yeah, well, well, you know, I mean, there's people that do lawns, you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes, yes, um, uh, from one lawn to the next.
6: Yes, correct.
1: Yeah, no, I know the problem well.
5: So, uh, all right, well, I'll just suggest that that's probably the best way to
7: yeah, do
1: it. you know, just to do a small area, maybe, you know, a metre by a metre. Yes. And if she sees she's getting results, well, then she'll be inclined to move on and do some more. Yep. Okay, Okay. mate. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. You're welcome.
0: And we've got Marilyn from Hamilton, and she's got a question about ornamental pear trees.
1: Hello, Marilyn. What's the problem? Are they dropping their leaves
3: or...? Okay. I have 14 ornamental pear trees in my backyard, which I purposely built a garden raised like a raised garden bed for a dozen of them yeah now these trees have grown beautifully for five years and then a couple of years ago we noticed that they were budding but they weren't we and like they're deciduous so they bud up like they're going to get their new leaves and they didn't get them right so right. after two years and the tree the trunk still looked healthy we actually got them removed by the gardener who had planted them in the first place who still thought he couldn't see any reason why this would happen and now i've got two more going right. and they're next to the other two now so
1: are you telling me that you replanted the ones that you took them out and put new ones in
3: in yeah the two that would look like they were, they were never going to leaf. They just looked like they were, they'd lost their leaves for the whole 12 months, which is what had happened.
1: Right. But right. they never
3: leafed up again. So after two years, we realised they weren't going to leaf up again. We removed them and put two more ornamental pear trees in there.
1: And now they're doing the same thing?
3: No, not the ones that he's planted. The two next, the two that, that have been in there for the seven or eight years, but they're doing it. They're doing it, so it looks like I'm going to lose
1: another two. Right, okay. Now, you did say... looks healthy. Yeah, but you did say raised garden bed. Yes. Okay, um, and, you know, everyone tells me they're watering it well at the moment. It's but, got a
3: watering system.
1: Okay, and... It um,
3: comes on three times a week.
1: Okay, three times a week uh, for deciduous trees. Probably not enough in this kind of weather. Uh, right. Maybe increase that or try and give it, you know, each day might be helpful. The only other thing I'm thinking, uh, I wonder if you have cockchafers in there eating the roots.
3: Would he have seen them when he pulled them
1: out? Well, I would imagine. Well, he said he
3: didn't see anything.
1: You know what they look like? They look like white. No, don't Yeah, me. white witch he grubs with a black head.
3: Oh, well, I think he would have seen those. You I think would I think.
1: Would too. Yeah. But I'll, what I'd suggest is that you go and dig around those ones that are now looking unhappy yep. and just make sure that you haven't got any in there eating the roots. But, so is
3: there something I could put in there just in case he wants? Yes, yes. You use carburel.
1: Carburel. Yeah, carburel with a C.
3: Okay.
1: But honestly, I'd increase the watering to every day. Okay. And, and let's see what about winter time
3: though? well like, you don't it have to in winter
1: yeah cut it back then yeah and that's a pity because they're a beautiful tree aren't they oh
3: it, it's a spectacular garden it looks each, each tree has its own light so it actually lights it up like a little forest around the backyard. Oh, it'd be magic. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 But then it's look not at amazing when you've got a couple that are... It looks great in the wintertime because they all look the same. <laughs> None of them have got leaves. But, but that's um, what I mean, yeah. So you can't tell that one's got a problem in the wintertime. No. You can, of course, in the summertime.
1: But look at those um, ones that are planted in King Street, Newcastle. Uh, you know, I mean, the council p- planted those uh, when they took out... Um, I think they were... Oh,
0: the plane yeah. trees.
1: I often, often. I often wonder how they survive. Oh, and they do. They seem to be happy. You know. Um,
3: yeah. Well, my trees looked happy for five, or six years, and I mean, we've had hot, dry summers those five or six years too. But keep in mind, they were quite well established when I put them in. Yes. Yeah. They so. cost quite a bit of money for each tree.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, perhaps some. Um, you know, because they're in a raised garden bed, they have now hit the bottom as well.
3: Well, that's what I was wondering too, yeah. are, they, are they just getting too big?
1: Yeah, that could be the answer. Mm.
3: We do. I mean, obviously we trim them every couple of years. Yeah, but it, that also... So they also, are getting a trim.
1: Yeah, but that also means more water, you see. Let's picture oh, okay. them in a big pot. Okay. Say they're in a big pot and, yeah. and they're really yeah. tall and uh, mm. their root system is confined, which is yeah. what a, a raised garden bed right. does. So, yes. you know, it could possibly be the water. I'd really like to see you increase the water. Okay, we will do. Okay. I'll give that a go. Okay, thanks, <laughs> Thank Marilyn. Thank you very
3: much. Thank bye. Thank you, bye.
0: Cheers, thanks, Marilyn. We've got a tough one. call. We've got Angie from Charmhaven, and she's got a question about the lime tree.
3: Hello,
7: Angie. Hi, Judy, how are you? Um, I was just wondering, when do you trim them? When oh. do, you, do you prune <laughs> them? out? <mode? laughs> Because um, I had I had hundreds of limes this year. You're a
1: bit and of a sight. that's skite. the first time. Yeah, <laughs> I
7: yeah.
1: only had four on mine.
7: Well, that's all I had last year.
1: Well, now trimming is a little problem with citrus. Right. Sometimes, if you trim, uh, they won't fruit on the ones you've cut. All right. For two years. <laughs> so is it too big? Do you need to cut it?
7: Well, I think so. It, it had arms sprouting out everywhere. They, they, it, it just looked like something out of a horror movie, you know. And the leaves were sort of curling up. And
1: <laughs> oh, well, everyone has the leaf curl now. It's very hard to beat, unfortunately. <laughs> and I thought
7: I oh, to make it look a bit nicer. I thought I'll cut some off, so I did. Ah...
1: Right, nice. okay, well it's it's done now, isn't it? Yeah. No, well, it's
7: done, I can't put them
1: back. No, you can't put it back on again, that's for sure. No glue for lime trees. <laughs> but you know, Angie, you could have you know, you could have rung up and um you know, we could have given limes away in a competition instead of I you cutting them. Look, I didn't uh,
7: look, I was giving them away to everywhere, you know. Oh, and then I found out you could freeze them.
1: Yes, you can, yes. So
7: oh, I froze a, uh, you know, dozen or so, you know.
1: <laughs> now, if Scott Sharp was here today, he'd be asking yep. you a question, Angie. Right. Don't you have, don't you drink gin and tonics?
7: Uh, not gin and tonic, but uh, I do find if you put a squeeze into your wine or into your bourbon,
3: Ooh.
7: it Oh, yes. It just makes a little bit of
1: difference. Well, I'll try the wine one this afternoon when I get home.
7: Yeah, well, do that, yeah. Nice nice Savion blanc and, you know,
1: chardonnay. Sounds good. I think it might fix my asthma. (laughs) I'm sure it will. (laughs) And you know what? Let's hope the doctor's not listening because he told me to go home and have two days in bed.
7: Oh, no, 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 you've got to keep active. Yeah. Okay, Angie. All right, well, thanks very much, Judy. Thank you, dear. Nice talking. Bye. Bye
0: Bye-bye. I've never heard of lime juice in wine before.
1: I haven't either.
0: I've heard of it in bourbon and whiskey and stuff, but never...
1: Never in wine.
0: Oh, well, try it and find out.
1: Well, after I have the antibiotics.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've got Lynn from Carrie Bay on the line, and she's got a question about frangipanies.
3: Hello, Hello Judy. How are Hi, you? Judy. <laughs> I'm fine. Excellent. Um, I've got about four meter high cuttings of frangipanis that have started to have roots. So they're probably ready to go in the ground. And I have a couple of questions. Do I sort of, they're just stick looking things with a few leaves on top. Do I clump them or do I spread them out or? And what type of food do they
1: need? Well, you can clump them or you can spread them out. I mean, of course, clumping them will give you a more instant garden. But frangipanis, you know, they look like they're growing, don't they? But when you dig them up, they generally don't have a lot of root on them. Right. They're a bit tricky like that. Um, So are they all different colours or all the same? Oh, no, no.
3: They were cuttings from the same tree. Oh, right, okay. Well, look, I'd, yeah.
1: I'd clump them. Right. And uh, the best thing to give them now at this point in time would be some flourish in the water. Flourish? Flourish. Okay. Mm. And you can do that every week, and that'll stimulate their root growth as well.
3: Right. That's not
1: like sea is it? No, it's no. not. Sea salt is a great product, but it really... Um, Its role in life is to stimulate root growth, which is what you want to do too.
3: Right. But um,
1: uh, I'm suggesting flourish because it has a little more in it.
3: Okay. And do I plant them fairly deep? Well, I think when you
1: dig them, what, have you got them in pots or something at the bottom? No,
3: they're just lying as dead sticks.
1: Oh, you've got them lying. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Well, that's the best way to go. Have they calloused? What does that mean? Uh, well, after a couple of weeks, they generally get like a callus on the bottom. Where oh, you've it's sort of
3: them. like there's actual roots on some of them. Oh, well, and that's good. Clumps. Yeah, it looks yeah. like they're ready to do something rather than just lie there dead.
1: Yeah, no, in the ground and a lot of water and um, hit them with some flourish or some sea salt. Right, and do I use potting mix to put them in or? Are you going to grow them in the ground or in pots? No, in the, in the garden. Uh, look, oh, is your soil pretty reasonable?
3: Oh, don't know. Haven't done much
1: to it. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> let's do potty mix. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Good.
3: Sounds good. Okay. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Oh, and you'll be right. You. <laughs> if you've got
1: roots there, you're going to get it to grow, that's for sure.
3: All right, but tons of water, huh?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, at least for the next month or so. Yeah,
3: okay. 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 Sounds Thanks, great, Lynn. thank you so much Thank you for the call, bye. bye
0: Cheers Lynn. we've got time for one more call And it's Steve from Barnsley And he might have an idea of how to kill off this pennyweed
1: Oh that's great, hi Steve Hello, how are you? Very well, thank
6: you I'm originally from the country And with um, spraying the place Obviously you want to save your pasture um, we used MCPA as a spray, and all it did was kill the, the broader leaf weeds and left the grass or pasture alone.
1: Right, okay.
6: Anything uh, uh, like it'd be from, say, a farmer's warehouse or uh, something?
1: I was just going to ask you that, Steve. So, any of our listeners that are going to have to go to. Ag serve or somewhere like that and, and yeah. unfortunately you buy it in large quantities, don't you?
6: Well, I was, I was thinking of, I oh, made it, uh, was it at Swansea? Yes. With the Pennyweed yeah. invasion?
1: Yeah.
6: He's got a fair size area, so possibly.
1: <laughs> he might need a, a, a large
6: amount. He, he may need a large amount.
1: So you've sprayed that and it's left the grass but killed off the weeds?
6: Yeah, Yeah, it only goes for, like I had scotch thistle, cabbage thistle, uh, capeweed, anything that was broadleaf, even to the fact of bindies.
1: Right, right, okay.
6: Um, It is, I don't know really what it costs now, because I haven't been out there for years but um, uh, yeah.
1: We may not even be still able to purchase it. Um, not sure. Yeah because the government has really been very restrictive on a lot of product now.
6: Um, it was only very, not very long ago I do know uh, a fella that is looking after a massive Acreage of garden, he's the head gardener, um, and he he visits me occasionally from Oberon. All right. And well, you may have heard of Mayfield Gardens. Yes, yes. Out there. Well, he's the head gardener, um, and I did have a little bit of this pennyweed here, and he said, Get some MCPA. MCPA, right? M for mum. Yes C C A.
1: Yeah, okay, right here Now uh, what that's a-
6: possible for, um, is it Bob?
1: Uh, it was Bob, it- but what, what we have to be very careful of here, Steve They will need to test it to make sure it doesn't take out the lawn
0: Right Well, Judy, we've run out of time.
1: We have.
0: Run, it's gone so quickly.
1: We didn't talk about all the problems in the world.
0: Exactly. Didn't, didn't even cover the grubs.
1: <laughs> we didn't cover the grubs, but we covered pennyweed.
0: Exactly. Hopefully it's sorted.
1: Mm, hopefully.
0: Well, Judy Sharp, I'll catch you next time.
1: Next time, maybe when I'm let out again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health